Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey. We do some trials and triumphs, peeps. Sure. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> yes, we should. Peeps. My peeps. Um, who wants to go first? Karen? I'll, I'll go. You go. Because I have a follow-up to my $600 power bill. Oh, Ooh. good. Oh, I, I actually was thinking about it recently. It was Joe. Well, we got the new bill. $695. <gasps> what? Yeah, y'all, what is going on in my house? I don't know what's going on. That's uh, bad. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So what are you going to do? And this is after we turned our AC from 72 to 76. Yeah, like you went way up. So you'd think it'd go down 50 bucks. Something. I mean, we went way up in our temperature in the house. I don't know. I don't know. I think you have that them come out. Do you have to yeah. move into the car? <laughs> you can't afford to live in your home for the summer. <laughs> I know. Okay, how many months have you had your wine cellar cooler doodad thing running? Mm-hmm. I mm, th- three maybe. I need to guess. I need to look at historical data. You're telling me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if that it looks like an AC unit, and if that thing is running 24 hours a day. But it has to be like a refrigerator. Not the wine fridge, Caroline. You know what I mean? A refrigerator runs 24 hours a day. Yeah. So I guess I just need to investigate a little bit more and figure it out. But in the meantime, can I borrow some money? Do we need to do a a GoFundMe (laughs) with readers? If each of you send $5, (laughs) that'd be fine. Help poor Karen out. (laughs) I'm nervous too, though, because, you know, we just moved in. And so our first, like, bills were when we weren't living there so i'm still kind of like what's gonna be but anyways it 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 is always kind of scary do you have you ever thought about doing the um thing where it's the same all year round yes budget billing i think they call it something like that joe mentioned that the other day he said maybe we should do this budget billing thing at least we'd it'd be more predictable um and I'm totally game for that. I remember doing that when I was single. You know, first, it's just so much easier when you're a kid trying to budget yeah. your life. Um, now that I'm 50, I still haven't figured it out, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm always worried they're somehow, they're somehow stealing from me. I don't know why I think that. Because I, I feel that they budget it. And then if I go under, they keep the money. But I think that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but if you go over... It's also then you the same. So yeah. I'm running. I'm leaving every light on. No. I imagine they, they reassess re- every yeah, year. Recalculate. Yeah. I don't really know. I guess I should look into that as well. Carol, you got questions. Yikes. Well, <laughs> that's, that's no fun. Trial, I'm sorry. Right? That's, yes, what's your triumph? I'm bored by that. She yawned so big. So bored by that one. My Give me word. More. Hopefully your triumph is better. <laughs> okay, my trial. Oh, I, was, I had another trial. Um are yeah. you done trialing today? I guess. I Go guess. ahead. Just be a Debbie and I'll think of two triumphs. Okay. So my yard people mm-hmm. um, trim my boxwoods with 
And I think an electric hedge clipper. Thing. That's where you're losing your electricity bill. Maybe, right there. Maybe. <laughs> um, and I I really, really hate that. Um, Wait, isn't this supposed to be a triumph? I said I didn't have one. She's doing, oh, she's doing, doing two trials. I'm doing triumphs Because sometimes us. I don't okay. have any trials. So, okay. okay. Let me have my share. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um I mean, I can think of like six trials right now. Okay, this will just be about my boxwood hedges. So I really like boxwoods. And they trim them with this electric thing, which I think is too harsh. I don't like the look. And it also, um, it'll clip off leaves halfway through the leaf. So then you get these brown edges on all these leaves, which is incredibly unattractive. Right. Am I the most insane person in the world for even bringing this up? I want them hand clipped. So, um... I'm willing to do it myself. I'm happy to do it. I just need to tell them, don't attack my don't boxwoods Don't touch the anymore. boxwoods. But I had I to go back into my box with the balls um, because the balls were all kind of covered with like these with these little brown leaves, half okay. chopped off. So I had to go into my boxwoods with my little hand clippers and um, kind of cut clip the lower into leaf. them. Oh. So that, first of all, so they're uneven again, so they're, they're not as perfectly balled up. And also to get some of the brown off, and then also to encourage some inside growth. Mm. Because, so you give it layers, yeah, per se. Yeah, because if you like cut how, your box with like, like that, mm-hmm. that's when you get these leggy box with that only have leaves on the very outside and there's mm. none inside. So you have to keep them oh, interesting. not super even. Know that. Well, I don't know if that's true, but it is, <laughs> <laughs> but it is my observation. It happens. Uh, and so okay. that is how I am maintaining my boxwoods, but I don't like all the little half-dead brown leaves. That's fair. Unattractive. Don't do it with – don't trim your boxwoods like that, people. <laughs> the end. That is too very okay. trial-y. Trial-y. All right. Here's my two triumphs. I will follow that because mine is a yard thing. Guys, I outsourced, and it feels so good. Oh, finally, you did. <laughs> um, my yard had, I, it it had been jungle. taken. It, we were jungle. I took before photos and after, and I had some guys come and clean out. And um, But you said it was going to be like two grand. How much did it end up being? It was not. I I ended up getting quoted quotes. for five hundred. Then it was. Then they said it would be ten hours of work. It ended up being sixteen hours of wow. work. It took them. Then they apologized, but it's it was what it was, and I needed it finished. So I ended up spending eight hundred, but it's still down from the two thousand that we were originally quoted. Sure. And it's. I mean, they took it down. It looks fantastic. Oh, good. And I am so happy. I, it was well worth it. So I'm very pleased um, to say that it is, I have, my yard looks back to someone's living there. Um, do you have before and afters? I, I do. Say, okay, great. Let's can we see? Up. Yeah. Can we put them on the blog? You can. You're, it's from my back window, so it's not That's okay. fantastic. But yeah, I will definitely because mm-hmm. it looks much better. Um, so I'll make that a triumph. And then my other triumph is also outdoor related. For my birthday, I got a outdoor bench um, from my mother and so it's just a little bench and since these gentlemen have um, cut back my bushes mm-hmm. and made it all it just looks beautiful and I put my David built my little bench and we put it out in our little cute. garden area in our front yard and we look just you're so cute we're just you know we're so Aww. cute our neighbors now are probably like oh like waving hello versus running past <laughs> right. oh, scared oh I thought that house was abandoned <laughs> yes who put the bench in the abandoned house yard? <laughs> exactly. We were, you know, welcoming people. You were the talk of the town, I bet. You know it. 
<laughs> anyway, those are my triumphs for the week. Yay. Good job. All right, Caroline. Okay, so, you know... I felt like... (laughs) I hope you're starting with a trial. (laughs) Yes, I'm starting with my trial. We went, We had a lot of work going on at the house. We finally moved in. Our kitchen shelves finally got up. Mm -hmm. All the cabinet doors got in. Like, the day after all of the kind of checklist for the kitchen was fixed, our dishwasher broke. No. I mean, really. Come on. Give me a break. But, um... We had to, like, have the repairman come out, and he said that our control panel was dead, so we had to order a new control panel. I mean, it's fixed now, but it was probably two and a half weeks with no dishwasher. No. That's why you keep asking about drying dishes. How do you dry your dishes? It's tough like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, it just I, – I have never been so grateful for a dishwasher. It's amazing. I can imagine. But, um, yeah, it was just like uh, – it was just so frustrating because we really felt like the end is near. And then, mm. you know, life but, happened. Um, yeah. And you never knew. Yeah. yeah. And it's just it's just frustrating to have brand new just to us house. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we ran the dishwasher one time before it, it broke. Oh, that's mean. So, that yeah, mean. it's just. Ugh. But I, it's fixed now. Thank God. And we're back to not doing eight million Hand wash. I mean, because here was the other issue with it. If you're going to let stuff air dry, and some things we ha- we hand dried with a napkin or whatever towel, and some but then some things we just left out. Then every time you get home or in the morning or whatever, there are just a million Something dishes everywhere, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, it's just frustrating. And with extra bottles, bunch of bottles every day. Yeah, Blair had to dry those off. With yeah. No, maybe hand. Yes. She's the only one that can get her hand in there. No, okay. <laughs> um, but it's all fixed now, and we're good to go. But, well, here is a related triumph. <laughs> all right. So, as we were moving out of our old house, all of our tea towels were very just, like, <laughs> stained, mm-hmm. had holes in them. So, I told Will, can I just toss all of these? Well, actually, what we did is put them in, like, a rag bag in the basement. But can we just ditch all of these old tea towels and get a new one. Well, Upgrade so your game. I went on Amazon and was going through all of the, you know, comments, what's the top rated dish towel, picked, you know, kind of found one. And then I went over to Karen Mooney's house and I was like, Karen, you have this dish towel that's top rated on Amazon. How do you like it? What What is this dish? I'm writing it down. They're not expensive. Yeah, it was. I talked about them as a triumph when I got them for Christmas. I believe it was Christmas. I I had asked for them. Yeah, I I just told Joe I wanted all new dish towels because I think that's the kind of thing you don't think about. And you're touching it every day Mm -hmm. and they wear out. I I mean, I think I'd had mine for 20 years. And uh, if you're going to try to find something every day, it. it should be something nice. I have now my the I will say I'm actually very particular. There's a certain like absorbent one mm-hmm. that I they have to be absorbent. It well, has I'm to extremely be, pleased with them. Yes, they are great for because because I was hand drying a lot, and they do a fabulous job dry, drying. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it's called Harringdons, H-A-R-R-I-N-G-D-O-N-S. They come in a set of 12 for 25 bucks. Yeah. Cute colors. There's a stripe down them. I mean, mm-hmm. so obviously They're on white, brand for me. And then they have a little stripe on the edge. Yes. Um, it's like a green, red, and a blue. They're really, really cute. They're very attractive. And I, Highly recommend. I was definitely skeptical about the 
amount of absorbency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You assured me that they were good, and I sort of tested them out a little bit when I was over at your house, and I'm I'm really pleased. So <laughs> that was she good. did your dishes, Karen? Yes, she did. I made her scrub the floors. <laughs> I knew it. That was my trial for next triumph for next week. They have already gotten stained, so I think I need to go and do a good oxy. Oxy. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, there you go. Triumph. I, I'm probably gonna. I probably need to order a, another set. But man, anyhow, that's a great gift a good so housewarming even a, even gift a, even a hostess gift true because that's like a nice bottle of wine price, and you can give it to your hostess when you go over i need a whole list of hostess gifts it I would like. be super cute just tie a big pretty satin ribbon on it or as a home just take six and then you have two hostess gifts that's true good call because six mm. is a lot unless yeah. they listen to this podcast they won't know you're cheap but bringing any sort of housewarming that's true and 12 dollars is lovely in general yes mm-hmm. so if you're coming to karen's house she'd like you I to wrap like a bottle of, of wine in each of the 12 that's true right? <laughs> so <you taste laughs> the wine and then wrap each bottle with a towel karen Got do it. you have a color preference from yours blue i like the blue purple I like the green. I feel like we trade? need to trade. Do you want red, Taryn? Yes, I do. I do want the red ones. So I get four. It's red, orange, yellow. You'll get 12. I kind of, oh, I get my own 12. Okay. So you order a set and then we all trade our colors. Because I like the green. The green matches my kitchen best. And Ooh. I just like the blue purple because I like blue. I like it. <laughs> we are try. psychotic. My kitchen is still that little hint of a neon yellow, so red will go fine. Sure. It's red, it's red yellow, and, yellow. and orange. Yeah. Hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a triumph. I will link to them in the description. Order them right now. Let's order three sets. Let's do this. But do they it. have I'll 1,400 you. customer reviews, and it's five stars. So yeah. on Amazon, you know it's that's good. I don't know why yes. you can press purchase yet. All right. Let's get to our guests. Let's get to it. And ordering those. <laughs> Taryn is still in Maine. Oh, yes, having a blast. Eating lobster. Eating lobster. Swimming in the hanging out with our family. Ocean. Yes. Whatever. Just living life. We're really <laughs> jealous. But we have a great guest today. We're so thrilled to have Susan Jameson here. She is an interior designer in Richmond, Virginia. She has a line of wallpapers and paint. You've got a store. You kind of do it all. Your um, collection is called Bridget Berry. And um, your work has been featured in Coastal Living, Southern Living, Southern Home, Traditional Home, many more. And um, we're thrilled to have you. Yes. You're here for market. Yes. Thank you for having me. Introducing a new line of wallpapers. New line for Bradley. And we are bringing it over tomorrow so they can have it in the showroom. So stop by if you happen to be there. <laughs> yeah, you're prolific. You're yes. doing a lot. You have yeah, a lot going have. on. So would you say your uh, your business is it primarily interior design or is it primarily product design? It's primarily been interior design. We started in 96, so it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, we, we've done interior design all over. And then as all designers, you create things as you go along. And mm-hmm. I just happened to uh, kind of luck into the paint collection where I was uh, with someone who needed some help with paint. And they're like, oh, you have such a great idea. And I for color, why don't you create a line? And so that's, you, you know, how everything happens. It's just sort of randomly the who you meet and what happens. And then the same thing happened with the wallpaper. It was, oh, you have paint? Why don't you do a collection of wallpaper? Okay. <laughs> and as, as designers, I think we all create things for our clients. So you're either mm-hmm 
you're mm, creating right. that special color for their wall to go with the the fabric or you're creating a piece of furniture or you want a special wallpaper and now with the digital age and being able so easily to print and create mm-hmm. things and having such great craftspeople i think it's it just is another opportunity for designers to uh experiment and do something different. So all of the paint in the wallpaper has been in the past five to seven years. Oh, okay. So we've sort of just grown from there. And then the store is brand new. It's been a year. And that kind of started just because, well, we need a place to sell all these fabulous things. Uh, (laughs) Where are they going to see them? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, well, we sell in Bradley. So that's New York, Chicago, Atlanta, and Supply in Austin, Texas. Um, And then in D.C. at Evans and Sheldon. So you can get the wallpapers anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the paint specifically um, is in Richmond. But you can order online, of course. (laughs) Now, how do you do um, samples? Wallpaper samples we ship out. They're little squares. Well, paint samples. Yeah. Oh, but paint samples we have Fandex. Okay. Which I brought. You can see. And <laughs> um, we also have little color cards, and we have like okay. a color swatch. Uh, the Fandex are a price, but the color cards are for free. So if you like okay. a card, we can send you out something. All different finishes, of course. Quart sample pots. You can order online. Whatever you need. Okay. Wow. So the wallpaper design. I mean, wallpaper is having such a major moment which is great for you. And I mean, yes, for all yes. of us, because I love it. I don't have any really in my house, but I want some. Um, do you still find that people are having a hard time getting over that hump? I know designers aren't. You know, designers are all in on the wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. I think people are. I mean, I think that, you know, it's a commitment and people are afraid because they're like, oh, it's so hard to take down. Uh-huh. Well, it's really not anymore. As right. long as it's proper Technology. Prep. Yeah, it's much better than your grandmother's wallpaper. But for the people that don't want to put it on a wall, we've been using our wallpaper on lampshades, on fronts of cabinets, on Ooh. wrapping a whole piece of furniture in wallpaper, like especially grass cloth where you get that texture. I mean, there's so many other ways to use the wallpaper if you're a little bit afraid to put it on the wall. That's a fun idea to wrap a piece of furniture. Yeah. Is I it like hard? That. It Kinda. requires a it, it requires a skilled wallpaper person because especially with the grass cloth, you don't want those ragged edges. Um. But if you want to do it yourself, let's say your chest over there with panels, you just put a piece just inside a raised pick panel a flat or, area. or a flat panel, mm. and you just have a little accent to whatever yeah. it shall be. Or lining drawers. Yes. You know, I love those little secret things that only you see, but it makes you feel so special. Back of a bookcase. Uh-huh. Front of a cabinet, yeah. any of those. Yeah, in your things. silverware drawer or something. So every day you're like, oh, look at that beautiful. And it's also not going to be a billion dollars. Right. You don't have to buy a ton of right. it. Right. Yeah. And the good thing about our wallpaper is you can buy it by the yard. You're not stuck with the whole roll. Oh, that is nice. You're like, oh, what am I going to do with the rest of this roll? And a lot of times for wallpaper, you have to buy it by the double yard. Yes. Double roll. Double roll. Double roll. That's yes. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ours is so by that's the yard. like by the yard. Mm-hmm. So, so you're digitally printing it. Yes. So it's sort of you print on demand. Print on demand. Can custom color. Oh, wow. Some designers we've sold, oh. any Tom Felicia, uh, Nancy Price, all over. <laughs> and they send us pictures of, you know, what they've done, which is fun to see my yes, design on another designer's uh, walls or their client's house. But you can custom color. Some people want to do it in a different color. And we'll do samples for $75. Just you can have it in any color you want. Change the scale. Make it bigger, smaller. This is wow. like a strike-off charge. but. You know, designers are creative, so they're well, going to sure. do whatever they want to do. <laughs> well, like you were saying, you know, because in, in my mind, I would never, it would never occur to me like, all right, I need a piece of furniture here. I'm, nothing exists that's going to be quite right for me. I shall design it. But you were saying earlier, as a di- designer, over time, you do. You like make furniture or you, 
I can't even conceive of that, but I guess that fits perfectly with the whole like designers want it exactly as they want it. And that makes the room feel so special and unique to the client. Right. So if you have that fabric and I mean, there's so many colors that we've custom made over the years, something that I have seen on travel to Mexico mm-hmm. and I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. So a little bit of this, a little tint of that. And you've created your own color. And I just had these formulas that I kept, you know, from Benjamin Moore, Sherman Williams. I've just kept all these formulas for so long and I will say that you can't you can't mix colors between brands it's really hard especially yeah. for a designer eye maybe for the regular people if you want a Benjamin Moore color and you try to mix it in Sherwin-Williams everybody has their different base uh-huh. so every color is going to turn out slightly different in a different base mm. right. so even when I take a color and I'm trying to find that it's sort of specific to me to my brand that I found that color but if I try to match it in something else it's slightly off and maybe to the regular eye, it's not. But to designers, you know, we're like, mm, it's not quite, not quite gray right. enough. It's not quite white enough. Right. And talking about whites, I mean, I have 50 white. I could have picked 100 whites because there's so many different colors of white right. that I like. A green white, a white white, a yellow white, a gray white. You know, it just goes on and on. So yeah. never the right color. <laughs> Even though there's a zillion, there's so never the right one. So is that why you did a paint line? Because Caroline and I were talking about this earlier this morning. There's so many colors already but there's never enough there's never enough i have every deck known to man and i'll go through you know each one looking for that color and you know sometimes i don't have the right one obviously i would choose my own brand first right of course. And, then, <laughs> and then i would go to benjamin moore sherman Williams, or Farron mm-hmm. ball you go through all these and there's sometimes you just can't find that exact color that's so and crazy have- to me because i feel like sometimes they're just like looking at a fan deck is just such an overwhelming you know, mm-hmm. activity because they're, I mean, you're right. Like if you are looking for something very specific, there's never that perfect one or it's hard to find that perfect one, I guess. But just if you are starting from scratch and you don't know where you're going, it's just overwhelming. Yeah. Well, that's what ours is a little easier. Like when you look at a regular fan deck and you have the gradations of color, People always tend to tend to go to the stronger color because that's what most people see. I always tell people you need to go one shade above because you don't want what you see as intense, like a gray, is not really what's going to come out on the wall. You need to go up. And there's so many different factors that go into a house, your light, your architecture, all these other things that are going to change the color. But in our line, it's very specific colors already tested and proved. So you're not going through all these gradations of color you're getting the right blue the right white we have combos on the website this blue goes with this white yeah. under this circumstance so it's a little uh takes the guesswork out of it a little bit yeah it's but nice. you know there's always a, a tendency not to have the right color <laughs> you're always mm-hmm. looking for something yeah. you can't find you have something in your head that you're yeah. trying to yeah. yeah well i wanted to talk a little bit about your design work because i loved looking through your portfolio and i felt like there was a little bit of something for everyone you know, there is a little bit of traditional, some like real bo- boho kind of feel, um, some things that were like a little more streamlined and contemporary. So I was curious to hear from you, what do you feel like is the thread or the, you know, common denominator between all of the different styles that you would, well, you know, work on for a client? I would say as a designer, I first look at the architecture of the home. Like that's the most important thing to me, whether it's a 
a resort in Mexico or whether it's a traditional Georgian house in Virginia or it's a modern house in Atlanta, wherever. The architecture to me kind of defines what the design is going to be. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it's the client and their vision for their space. Um, I don't like to do the same thing. And I think as a designer, I have a hard time with that phrase signature style because mm -hmm. it's not all about me and what I like everything. I'm a designer. Like I love French. I love modern. I, you know, all those things are so pretty and even they're pretty together. Like the mix mm -hmm. is what we love. And at our store, our tagline is called living the mix because we love mixing those styles and creating things for the client. So mm -hmm. Each design in our portfolio has to do with the client, has to do with the architecture, and that's what makes design fun. Right. I wouldn't want to do the same thing every day. Right. I'd be bored out of my mind. <laughs> right. right. And every and every client's different. They all have different wants, different needs, and even if we're doing the fifth house for somebody, you know, I have an idea on that fifth house that maybe they want to push it a little further this time. You know, they want to go for something different, and I'll I'll push the boundaries. Let's try this and. Right. By the fifth house, you know, they're like, okay, just show me the basics right. and let's go. <laughs> so wait, I okay. trust you. You're working on someone's fifth house. Is this like their fifth residence, like separate? Or is this like the you've done one and then they move and they yeah. want another one? Yes. So then are you taking pieces that you've previously purchased for them and then reworking them? We do. We do a lot. And usually when you've bought that really special piece that we well, even drapery sometimes will recycle because they're great looking and oh, we, we spend a lot of money yes. and we've got that one chest or that one rug and we specifically say, we loved this. Mm -hmm. We want to use it in the new house. We want to make sure it's, we might change the colors, you know, we might use the rug or we might use the draperies, might change the wall color, might do something different, but I try to recycle as much, right. especially when people have spent that much money on something. Um, and then sometimes people want all new. Like mm -hmm. they just want, a no, change. I don't want anything else. Let's do, especially if it's a vacation home or right. a second home or it's a different look like the house in uh, Tulum, Mexico, you know, mm -hmm. it was completely different and uh, you couldn't really bring too much. You know, we, we did send containers, but basically it was making things from, you know, craftspeople in Mexico and that type yeah, of thing. That must have been such a huge project because how did you work from so far away to design right. custom pieces? Well, we went to, I went to Mexico fairly often. Um, the process probably took two years. So we probably went four or five times a year. And of course there's email now, so right. you can email and, and you can FaceTime, which is great. We have a yeah. project in uh, in Naples, Florida, and we FaceTime all the time with the contractor. Okay, the tile came in, look at this, look at that. You know, So technology is great. But in Mexico, it was a funny project because it was the American designer, the Mexican architect, the Italian contractor, the workers were Mayan, so they didn't speak Spanish. So there was a, a foreman who spoke Spanish, but spoke Mayan and Spanish. So there was this language wow. difficult. So it was a lot of sign language. This tall, <laughs> mark the wall, make it like this, you know. And and it was it was great experience. Um, that house is completely eco-friendly. It has its own uh, windmill, its own sewer system, its own water well. It was, it's right on the ocean. It was a, a complete different experience for designing something that was uh, in the jungle where there's jaguars and all these wow. fabulous things <laughs> at night. <laughs> I was thinking too, like just looking through the photos and reading your description about it, like how, if you're designing for a house that doesn't have traditional air conditioning, then 
does that change the types of pieces that I mean, mm-hmm. right? The types of you know, furniture, the materials, the plumbing. Mm-hmm. The plumbing was very difficult. So, of course, they have a Ferguson in Cancun. You know, they have Kohler. They have all, you know, it's not like they're you know, it's definitely right. just like a regular. Go to the Ferguson, pick up this, you know, pick up the Kohler faucet. But the problem is, it's just right on the ocean, so the salt air just corrodes mm-hmm. everything. And we ended up learning that Growy had the best faucets for that, that their coating on their faucets uh, could handle the ocean air. But that was something we had to learn the hard way uh-huh. because it was, it, you know, as soon as we put them in, by a month later, they were just corroded and they had to come out, you know. So Yikes. it wasn't, wasn't ideal. And the appliances for the kitchen, I mean, it's open air. So yeah. open and all the salt air and it, it wreaks havoc on everything. What so about not the, like upholstery? Yeah. What about the well, we did indoor outdoor. So if you look at the main picture, it has the concrete mm-hmm. built in mm-hmm. kind of bed in the main uh, palapa. You call that the palapa with the, the reeded ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a concrete base and then all in, indoor outdoor upholstery. So that works out perfectly. We've only, right. we have like marine changed. foam. Like, yeah. To- and it had marine foam, okay. but it didn't have, um, we've only changed the pillows in that room. We haven't had to change the um, the seating, so that's yeah. good. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about like mattresses? Like, I would think maybe they're marine yeah. foam mattresses. No, they're still regular mattresses, right. but mm-hmm. they they probably have to be replaced at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, it definitely sense. has air conditioning in the bedrooms. Uh, so okay. there is air conditioning. In the is bedrooms. it like a unit or is it yeah, a split? Units. Yeah, it's a split in mm-hmm. each okay. room. I mean, it's hot. Yeah, and you know, it's very yeah. Hot. But the ocean air is beautiful. And I think like the mahogany deck had to be replaced. There's lots of things from, it gets a lot, a lot of, of wear. Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting project and uh, really a fun place to visit as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll take that project. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess any kind of beach house when you we have to consider all that, your outdoor furniture and mm-hmm. whew, it's yeah. a lot of extra things to layer on your thought process. Yeah. Which I would never really think of. Well, that's why... As designers, That's why we, we want have to know. Professionals. Yeah, and we want to know, you know, how things are going to wear. Mm-hmm. And we take classes on Sumbrella and all the different things just to know how it's all going to wear and how it's going to keep up. Right. Do yeah. you think um, growing up in the South influenced your design aesthetic? I definitely think my grandmother had influence. Like she, she had an older house. They lived in Williamsburg, Virginia. So that was colonial. Mm-hmm. She renovated the house. She, uh, well, the funny story, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, she renovated the house. She collected antiques. I think I was used to that. But how I got into design was my parents ended up moving to that house after my grandmother died. My mother wanted to put an addition on the house. So she hired an architect and a designer. But And I went to William & Mary, which is in the same town as Williamsburg. And she was afraid to go to the meetings by herself because she thought that the designer and the architect would talk her into things she didn't like. So she made me come home from college and go to the meetings. And so when (laughs) I hit it off with the designer, I'm like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to be a designer. This is great. I love all this. And I ended up working for that lady. And that's how, how funny. it all started. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Mom. I <laughs> you didn't want to be talked into yeah. things. Do you talk your clients into stuff? I try to be a good listener. 
<laughs> I try to, you know, listen to what they're saying, and I will always suggest something outside the box. Right, it's and your usually, job, right? To push them yeah, around. usually if they say no right away, usually they come back a couple months later. Remember when you said to paint that navy blue? Can we readdress that? You know, they always mm-hmm. are like remembering that one thing. Like I feel like I could take it there now. You yeah. know, so well, maybe you built that trust with yeah. them, and so then they feel like okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Because I think human nature is, oh, we want to be safe. We don't want to try too much. What if I don't like it? Oh, you know. Yeah, it's scary to hand over your home. That's such a personal thing to another person and to give them free reign. I mean, even free reign within your, you know, the process of like collaborating and like getting approval, you still feel like, well. What I think as a designer (laughs) and listening, I think that's what people what a designer can give to you, even if you have a consultation with a designer. I mean, you're listening to what they, you might have never thought that that wall could be navy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean I can go dark? Oh, I thought it was, you know, I, I learned that a small room can't be dark, you know, mm-hmm. that makes it dark or smaller. You know, it, I think it's a different perspective. Even right. if you take that advice or don't take that advice, having a designer just come and give you, oh, wow, that that's a good, that's something I never thought of. Right. So, um, one of the homes that I really liked in your portfolio was in Alice Beach. And I feel like if anyone knows Alice Beach, it's, it's all very white. Like there's not any color, maybe except for like your pool yeah. that's blue, yeah. <laughs> bright mm-hmm. blue, and some, you know, palm leaves or something. All the architecture but yeah, is like it's white very, stucco. Um, it's sort of a Mediterranean yeah. kind mm-hmm. of feel. Uh, Community. Community. Yeah, the yeah. whole everything. Down like. in the Gulf. Well, so I was curious, like, in working in a neutral home, is there – like, how do you make it look? Because it, I guess here, I'm trying to figure out how to. You can do this, Caroline. <laughs> articulate <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But um, there was like so much interest and so many um, interesting shapes and maybe not necessarily patterns, but like textures and stuff. So I was curious about um, decorating within neutrals and how you sort of, you know, knowing that you're going into a community where everything is white and you have these very kind of strict like style that you kind of adhere to like how did you make that home feel different from all the other homes and still visually interesting interesting. Mm -hmm. i think it's all about texture it's all about creating that balance and and that you're not feeling that everything's flat so you need a, a sofa that has a little bit more of a gray white. Here we go back to these subtle whites, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a gray white. Um, the walls of that house are Venetian plaster, so they almost have a shine to them. So they've got okay. a little bit of a shine with with different uh, colors kind of mixed in of gray white and cream white. So then when you work with the uh, upholstery, you want a different color white. You want a little bit more linen. And then what you put on top of that, of the pillows, maybe has um, a mixture of white and cream. You know, you want things to pop on top of of it and mm-hmm. you don't want things to feel flat. Yeah. So that house in particular, the client was very specific, no rugs. <laughs> she had a family. She didn't want to be dealing with sand and rugs, no rugs. So the wall, I had no color. The floors were like a gray uh, oak, like a white oak, kind of bleachy gray. And so I couldn't do anything with the floors to give it some life. So the furniture itself had to have some interest. So whether it's the hand chair, if mm-hmm. you saw that or whether it's um, an overscaled light to give it in the main room. There's that big black light that's kind of overscaled just to yeah. give it like a punch and not feel 
we, you know, right. like, mm-hmm. oh, it's all white, you know, well, oh, it's interesting I can't live because... here. And plus it's indoor, outdoor. We did a lot of vinyl because she wanted, she said, if kids come in with, you know, sandy bathing suits or, or they don't wash off their sunscreen, I don't want to be dealing with it. So there's yeah. vinyl on the chairs in the uh, breakfast room, on the bar stools. So it was just wipe off, easy, ready to go. Was it fabric you coated or was it like a it faux leather? Like, it was like a faux leather. Uh-huh. Got it. Because back to what you're saying with mixing whites, I feel like that's something that people don't like or it scares them. They feel like this isn't the same white. It needs to match. But it's basically what what you're essentially saying is that it shouldn't be the same white. That's like the opposite. It's really kind of – it seems sort of counterintuitive, I guess, to maybe the average person. Right. I've heard that a lot. Like someone said recently to me, well, you have a tendency not to be matchy-matchy. I'm like, well, thank God. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want right. to be matchy-matchy. You know, so I think my goal is to not match so there's more interest. Because mm. I feel like if you're very matchy, if everything's a gray-white, there's no interest. Even if it's textured, you need something, whether it's a warm white, to pop against that gray so that you feel like they're, you're seeing something. Because your eye's just going to see kind of a flat surface, and you need that to pop, whether... Right. And then adding different, even if you're adding um, warm woods against gray woods, you know, all of that is, and black, a little accent, all of that's going to contrast with the uh, white interior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also when the light moves through a room, it all looks different at different times of day anyway. So exactly. that's true. it's mm-hmm. better, I would think, to have it be, you know, some different undertones and things. So it just has more life. Yeah. Testing colors in a room is one of my key things. I mean, for people, you've got to put the color on the wall and see it at night and see it during the day. You can't trust that from the swatch that mm-hmm. just because Betty has it in her living room, yes. it's not going to look good in your living room. That a she lot. has a north facing and you're east facing, you know, it's, yeah. it's not the same. And people always say, I don't understand why it's not the same. It's so pretty in her house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I, the whole swatching thing is paint is hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. A color, I think, is hard for people in general. I and mean, I almost feel struggle. like neutrals a lot of times are harder than color. Well, they're, they're subtle know, and people can't tell that that gray really isn't gray. It's like blue or it's green or it's pink. It's hard for people to see this. Mm-hmm. Those undertones mm-hmm. are very hard because people are, oh, I didn't see the pink in it. Yeah. Where for some reason, I guess that's why we're designer. I mean, I could, I could tell. Oh yeah, that's got pink. So yeah. I think that's just sort of a and you're trained thing. too. Yeah, that, you know the color theory. I mean, I took yeah. that in college, and it shows you. And you had well, I'm a hundred years old, but like we had to like get the paint out and mix it. You know, you had to mix yes. your shades of gray, and then you had to mix like a red gray and a yellow gray, and so that you knew yeah. here's the undertone of that and why it does it. So for someone that maybe is working on their own house and they want to pick, let's say, a white for their room and they're not even sure where to start. Like, how do you know whether you want a gray white or a yellow white or what even... How do you even look for the, the undertone and what know that do? you're... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here are where my do you three start? main rules. Ooh, three main rules. I love a rule. Okay, One, you have to look at the architecture. So whether whatever you're doing to your home needs to reflect the architecture and make enhance the architecture because you're really not going to I mean if you're lucky enough to change a wall or move something but most people are not you're you're stuck with the four walls and the ceiling and the windows so what what is going to enhance this room 
That's number one. <laughs> Second one is the light. How much light is in the room? Or do you have a lot of light coming from what direction? Is it sunny? Is it dark at night? Do you have no lamp light? Is there only one chandelier? Do you have recess? Is it incandescent? Is it, you know, LED? Because don't get me started on LED, but we'll go on. <laughs> yeah. like so, well, you know, what kind of light source is there? And number three is the mood you're going to create. Mm. What do you want out of this home? Do you want it to be cozy and warm? Do you want it to be cool? Do you like the cool grays? Do you like a warm room? You know, that going back to the architecture, um, you know, is it Mediterranean? Is it Italian? Is it colonial? So those are the three main things you have to decide before you even start with a color. So if right. I have a house and I'm, my mood is um, warm and friendly, because we're all sort of moving away from gray, right? We're moving into a warmer mm -hmm. uh, brown, grayish, yeah. as uh -huh. they call it. Yeah. <laughs> moving into that grayish. Oh, yes, I want to try a grayish. So I do I want it light? Is all my furniture white? Is my furniture dark? You know, all those things are going to play a part. And then you pick those colors based on those three things and what architecture, what's going to enhance the room, and then try not to go, unless you're going for that moody room, try not to go too dark first. Pick up toward the top three different grays, if you think, or whites or whatever you're going to do, that have, uh, you know, a subtle change or a subtle difference, right. and then try them in your room. And, and then you'll see how big of a when they're next piece do I need to paint on the wall? At least a 24 by 24. Mm -hmm. 24. It, Whew. It's yeah. big. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to, you know. No. She's, six she's acting six out six inches. Do. Yeah. So six do I, can I put it on a board or do I have to put it on the wall? A board is actually better, but I feel like when people paint on a piece of paper and it gets wrinkly, then you're, you know, that's not going to yeah, do. Yeah, like foam core or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that is better Rigid. because if you're painting white over pink, you're going to get the pink undertone. You know, uh, uh -huh. that's another thing. If you have a pink room and you're trying to go white, you need to prime the whole thing. It needs to go back to white. Because if you put that white on top, you may still see that undertone coming mm. through and still have that pink. A lot of people have that problem. What about this, Susan, though? What if I paint my 24-inch swatch up there and my wall is pink or it's blue or it's whatever? Isn't that color reflecting onto my white patch and not really giving me a true sense of what that color is going to be? It could. It could. Oh! No, I know. <laughs> it could. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to have to either paint a bit. That's why 24 by 24 in a spot where it's as much white as possible mm -hmm. away from that pink because even what's outside your green grass yeah. your green trees or that's what happens with yellow yellow reflects the green from outside mm. and then you get these tents oh, so people are like why is the yellow looking green oh because everything that's outside so you is need a red yellow you need something that's sort of like Con a school bus yellow yes. well, well not maybe that, not that yeah, bright yeah. but something with a that red in it so you just have to be very aware of those three things Okay. And you start from there. <laughs> I think and those, are, those are three like right, good places professional. To <laughs> well, it's tough. Like my neighbor across the street, I've been watching her all morning out the window. She asked me to come over last weekend and help her with picking paint. Y'all, she has a different color in every room. And I was just like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you doing a different color in every single room? And she's like, oh, I just assumed I had to. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Okay, so let's just pick a color we like, paint everything that, and then like, as because she hasn't really decided, started decorating the rooms either. Mm. And I'm like, you know, and then as you as you get like a, a an idea for this room as a whole, then go a path down that, you know, like yeah. this right. every like that, that goes back to mood to me. Like, all what over the kind place. of mood is she trying to create? Is right. she trying to be 
you know, just you walk in the front door and you're creating this whole mood from front door to kitchen? Or are you trying to create individual, like you want it to be lively? Well, if she wants it to be lively in every room, then maybe that works with more punches of color in the furniture Mm -hmm. than punches of color in every room. Doesn't have to be the same, but maybe the dining room is, I don't know, lime green. Right. She's got that punch of color. So that's the way I would treat somebody that loves color, but they're not connecting the whole space. Right. right. And it's not the, the first thing you decide. No, to me, paint's no. like the last thing you decide after you get your plan. I was explaining to her, I'm like, paint's the one thing that there's a bazillion options on. There's not a bazillion rugs or a fabric or whatever that you're going to put in here. Right. Like, paint, And you can go get it custom mixed, too. Exactly. To be exactly what you want. She was like, oh. <laughs> the thing she learned. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens over there. I'm judging from across the street. Well, I have street. heard someone, and I'm trying to remember who it was that said this, but they were talking about rugs specifically, and they were saying, like, a lot of times they will start with the rug because there's so fewer op- so many fewer options that, like, it's much harder to find a rug that goes into the room that coordinates versus the other way around. Like Uh if you have a rug that you like and then choosing fabrics, the fabrics are easier to add in rather than pulling the rug later. Where where do you like to start, Susan? I start with the fabrics Mm -hmm. always because I'm, you know, I think an oriental rug can go anywhere. You know, I don't like things to be so matchy-matchy. So I I mean, a red oriental is really okay in any room, gray, Mm -hmm. black, whatever. But so I would start with the fabrics. Again, I would start with the mood. (laughs) I mean, I really think that's the most important. Um, You know, what am I trying to create? Then I would get my fabrics, get everything together, and then the colors probably last because it is creating that mood, whether I'm going dark or light or how I'm going to, uh, you know, work the whole house. Do people know their mood? Yeah. They do. Usually. When you ask, okay, they get it. Usually you can tell by the way they dress, you know, whether Mm -hmm. they're color or not. You know, I can pretty much tell. I can tell by what they have in their house and what appeals to them. So as we walk around someone's house for the first consultation, you know, it's tell me what you like, you know, and they'll say, oh, I love, you know, the roses. And, you know, oh, do you like pink? You like blush? Oh, I love blush, you know. And and they don't, they wear all black or gray, you know, so I can kind of tell by the, what they wear mm-hmm. and then what they like, mm-hmm. where to go and what direction. Makes sense. Okay. How many fabrics are you usually pulling for each room? That depends on, you know, if it's boho, then it could be, you know, uh-huh. six or Lots, seven, you yeah. know, it could all be mixed up and fun. Usually probably three to four. Okay. But that's some, a good place to start yeah. for people. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's, you know, one or two. Maybe it's just simple. And then right. how do you mix patterns together? Like maybe you could kind of walk us through, do you start with a floral? Do you start with a solid? Do you, yeah. Especially we, with wallpapers, you know, yeah. patterns like that. How do, how do you make that work? Well, depending on... <laughs> the mood again. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's just say, let's, ju- yeah, yeah, let's like just it. say we've got a floral. I mean, I would probably start with the biggest pattern and then okay. mix in smaller patterns that go with. Although sometimes recently, I've, I mean, I love Kit Kemp. Do you know yes. Kit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I staying in New York and staying in London just. The Her way hotels, she mixes yeah. all those patterns together was like, wow. You know, I just wanted to sit there and study it. Like, wow, that's like a huge pattern on a huge pattern with a geometric. And they all kind of work, but yeah. they're in the same and they're the same tonal value. Right. Which is really interesting. So recently I've been trying that kind of mixing of larger patterns in the same tone. But normally for and that probably requires a professional because <laughs> it's right. a little difficult to do that. But for normal people, I would start with the biggest pattern. 
and then kind of work in geometrics, stripes, mm -hmm. solids that kind of go with that pattern. That's the easy way. Okay, I have a theory of stripes. Yes. It's her favorite pattern. Well, I just think that it's the universal pattern. It goes with any other pattern. That's true. Well, Even does. other stripes. It does. Like, I feel like the angularity of it and like the simplicity, it can go with like the busiest floral. It can go with yeah, the yeah. Like the geometry, geometry yes. versus the the organic. Mm -hmm. So putting the organic yeah, and the geometry like together. holds it together a little bit. Yeah, it makes quiets it, it. Yes. It quiets Tames the, the. It's not the solid, but it's not organics. busy. Yeah. It depends. Some of them, I guess, you know, and they can't, stripes are so interesting because they can be very subtle, you know, tone on tone, tiny with a lot of field right. to the pattern, or they can be really bold. Yeah, like canopy. Or if they're very even stripes, that's a whole different look. I right. mean, they're all over the place. That's true. But think about like how easy it is if you have a, if you have a navy and white stripe shirt. Mm-hmm. Like, do y'all remember when the, the navy and white striped shirt, like, started popping up? This was, like, probably, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. I mean, it's really has... Like a sailor shirt kind of Yeah, thing. a mm -hmm. sailor shirt. And I remember getting one for the first time, and, like, it goes with everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that sort of is... How like, many do you own? Oh, like, <laughs> just, just striped shirts? Mm -hmm. Or just striped anything? I probably own, like, at least 10 just T-shirts. Wow. That's not even including like, um, you know, like I have like a pinstripe sort of blousey thing. And then I have like a really, really subtle striped shirt with like a floral on top of it. Ooh. Maybe you'd like also a tinted striped room. I yeah. know. I need, I need one. I need yeah. a tinted striped room. So I'm currently wearing striped pants. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> so, well, if you overdo yeah. the stripe, if you like, like a lot of stripes in the room, then just texture. Yeah. You know, texture to go with that, animal print to go with that, anything. You know, you can mix those two together. Yeah. I do like animal print and stripe. I love that look. Yes. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I mean, I, I just feel like it's it's really easy to work one in. And if you're trying to figure out like, okay, I have my floral, I've got a geometric, I have a solid, I want to add something more, but like I'm nervous about what that fourth thing could be. A stripe is a good, like easy kind of go with. Definitely. Four is a lot for a layman. I think three. You know, a designer can do as many as they want and do it great. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, three, I think that's a keep it. Yeah. Simple. For a, I guess I'm just thinking like, okay, you've got your sofa, you got a pair of chairs, then you got pillows. your pillows and you have like Drapery. some panels. So it's like. But I think one of those should be a solid. Right. Well, I've I was decided. Telling, I've decided. <laughs> you're, you're in solid I'm making mode. up a rule. You're well, in I'm, solid mode. I'm <laughs> including a solid oh, okay. in one of those. Okay. Yeah. Like maybe you've got a patterns. solid. Sofa, pattern chairs, pattern drapes, and then you want pillows right. or an accent Stripe. chair or something. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going safe. Yeah. A lot of people like more pattern. Not me. I'm <laughs> boring, girl. Yeah, but you have pattern in here. No, I don't. Yes, your rug is patterned. Your pillows over here are patterned. In that room, you're putting stripes on your chairs. I'm reupholstering a few um, things in there. So right now it's it's... Just you have a patterned cool. rug. You have trim on your... Aren't all rugs pretty much patterned unless they're like seagrass? Sisal. Yeah. yeah. Or like a natural fiber. Rug. I mean... Yeah, but that counts. Does it? Yes. Yes. It it's counts pattern. as a pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> well, I feel like we should answer some questions. Ooh, okay. Taryn's not here, so I get to read them. Okay. It's usually her job. But I have um, taken over. We'll do a decorating dilemma. 
That's the song. <laughs> All right. And it's from Jordana. She is a loyal and enlightened listener, she wrote. Okay. So, hello, friends in my head. <laughs> I love it. Oh, we hi. are real people. We're we not just people. in your head. We exist. Um, okay. Before I get to my little dilemma, let me first say how much I love, love, love the podcast. I was stuck in a decorating slump and finding it difficult to be objective about my own space. Parentheses. Show me anyone else's space and I would have a million ideas in an instant. I, I think that's true mm-hmm. for a lot of people. I agree. Yes. I was looking online for guidance with regard to scale and placement of furniture. And I thought maybe some episodes of the podcast would touch upon those subjects. Well, huh, I found answers to my questions and so much more. To say that the How to Decorate, well, I didn't realize it was a commercial for us. <laughs> Thank you. To say that the How to Decorate podcast was the catalyst in clearing my decorating block is an understatement. It turned me into a designing machine. And for the first time in years, I'm really loving my space. And it finally feels like a true reflection of my taste. I love that. Uh, The podcast is so inspiring. And I'm learning so much by being introduced to the legends of the design world who share all of their stories, experiences, and methods. I love reading the show notes and delving further into learning about each decorator online. I just realized (laughs) there's an outlet near me, a Ballard outlet, not far from where I live. And I picked up some fabulous tabletop items and I'm on on the hunt for so much more. That being said, <laughs> right, it was like 12 yeah, yeah. sentences about how much she loves us and two sentences with her dilemma. I you ready? that's fine. If anyone wants I to agree. send more emails like this, <laughs> Jordana, okay I hope it. you've left a review on <laughs> iTunes. Okay. That being said, I live in Wellington, Florida in a Mediterranean style home with a lot of great architectural detail, including a round entry foyer. I'm not quite sure what, if anything, would be required to decorate that spot. Can you help me? All right, so let's try to estimate how big her round entry foyer is. It it is round. Okay, so she has a double front door, all glass, with sort of an arch window above it. I would say like eight feet. And it's round, and it has openings to... to, At least three different spaces. Mm Yeah, three different spaces. Yeah, would you put anything in there? What would you do, Susan? What should she do? So... Starting with the architecture, uh-huh. it's very interesting, right? I, I think a round entry foyer is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, again, what is her mood? It seems like everything is the same color. Mm-hmm. So It's all very open yeah. kind of concept. So I would probably put like a round sisal rug. Maybe if it's big enough, I can't really tell how big it was, a beautiful maybe white lacquered table mm-hmm. in the middle. Right in the middle. Um, the chandelier needs to be changed. Bigger. Yes, definitely bigger. And more, I think, a little more of Spanish. You know, Ah. something like you all have at Ballard, sort of that iron round one that has the little candle kind of looking one. What's it called? A Liam? What is it called? Is it Artura? Maybe. But it's a little Uh more Spanish looking. I think Mm -hmm. something round that looks just a little more umphy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I also would even consider painting it a color. I think when you walk in, maybe that needs to feel like a little jewel box, like an entry. Like right now, you kind of see through it and maybe stop you there. Yeah, stop you, make you feel like, Ah. ooh, look at this. And then you go on to this open. um, It looks like all the other rooms are open to that. Mm -hmm. So I could even see like if she likes green, if she likes blue, she likes with really crisp white trim. Let me ask you this because um, I feel like we have gotten this question or a similar question from other people too, um, in terms of painting a color or choosing two different colors that come together where there's no trim. So like- How does um, she stop it? Yeah, how does she Everything stop that? on the face. So when she's looking at these arches, 
inside of the arches are not painted. So I'm they belong about, to the other. They room. belong to the other room. So everything that's on the face. So as she turns into those spaces, they belong to the other room. Okay. It's only the face. Got it. Because we're going strong or gray or whatever color mm -hmm. she's going to go for. Something with some umph needs to just be in that space, the flat space that you see. I'd even go up. I know there's yeah. some sort of like there's like a pretty blue. I love this. I, I love the clouds. top of her. Yeah, it does look like it's there are clouds on her ceiling in this interesting little round foyer. It's kind of really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd almost paint that trim white, you know, and get it really crisp. And I would almost take if we do a different color, almost take it all the way up. Unless she loves the clouds, then okay. she can keep that. Otherwise, go one. So it color. sounds to me like you're saying that she shouldn't put anything along the curved walls and just float something in the center. Yes. I don't think there's enough space for it. I mean, you're never going to find the perfect curved piece uh -uh. that isn't going to bang into the door <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when she opens it. So as long as there's enough space for I know you guys have a pretty sightsole round rug. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a pretty sightsole round rug with a beautiful new chandelier. And if she can get a small 48, 42-inch table, perfect. Yeah, measure. I would say maybe she needs to like um, map out where that table would go and then stick something there for a little while it. and yeah. see how she feels with that mm -hmm. yeah like maybe there's another table somewhere in her house that she can kind of yeah, put there temporarily drag in there and see how it feels to walk around it all the time because it yeah. might be super annoying yeah. or maybe she you know it's not as strange as she yeah you know yeah maybe amazing with a big base on it yeah, yeah but yeah, like a statement chandelier and color might be really all you need to yeah. make that sing yeah it's a pretty it's really pretty fun mm -hmm. oh karen i'm so i'm not karen Jordana, I'm so glad you found us. And I see that you have some of our napkins on your dining room yes. table. And you grow orchids, which I struggle to do, but I'm jealous. Good luck. Thank yeah, you so much really for listening. Cool house. We really appreciate it. And thank you for the kind words. Yeah. Leave us a review. Only good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. hers would be good. I, I agree. Have <laughs> I have a feeling. There's one more. Oh, there's one more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, this one's from Taylor. Hello, we are buying a new to us home that was built in the 80s and need some updating. You may get a few emails from me since we're updating it room by room. I want to start with the entry because it's the first thing that people see when they come into our home. I think that's smart. One of the most perplexing things for me is entryway lighting. The house currently has a dated light fixture in the entry. It's currently attached to the second floor ceiling and hangs down to the first floor ceiling. I'm not um, up on interior design terms, so the pictures will show up better than I can describe. I think we all get it, like mm -hmm. a double height foyer and a really long, long chain. I don't even know where to begin, but I know that light has to go. <laughs> Any help or guidance would be appreciated. Thank you, Taylor. Yes, and it is one of those really tall foyers with a light that's hanging down. It sort of yeah. looks like one of, a light that you might see on uh, this colonial. Yeah, I was going to say like in a church. Oh. <laughs> kind of looks like Lowe's to me. Lowe's, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what should she do? Well, first I would start with balancing the light. To me, there looks like there's cans on the second floor, but nothing right on the flat ceiling outside the door. Mm. So somehow we need to balance the light. There needs to be lamp light, and then there needs to be um, just light in this foyer. So I probably would either add a surface fixture in that flat ceiling right on right the inside the front the door, door. Mm -hmm. or cans at least and i would definitely i see there's a chest i would definitely have lamp light there so that would be the first thing mm -hmm. i would do she but has the, one lamp i think good see there's one tiny lamp good. maybe she needs another one um mm -hmm. and then for the hanging fixture i mean there's so many cool options you and what i you can see that there's a balcony so mm -hmm. you would see this light from the top as well as 
from the from the bottom walking mm-hmm. up the stairs. So I think nowadays you get lights that that can come in pairs, you know, or triples, so that you could see something up top here, yes. you could see something in the middle, and you'd have a glimpse of it going down. Or you Fabulous. could do like hanging pendants that are in a grouping so that there's different things happening, depending oh, on right. what, Levels. Mm-hmm. what style, what mood she's creating, right. you know, <laughs> what is she trying to create here? Does she just want, but I, I think it's so important now just to have something that you can see at different levels if she's right. just going to keep that one chain. Yeah, right. that's so smart. And I love the idea of like, yeah, the either one fixture that maybe has that or several would be really fun. Right. You know, and you can have your electrician easily wire those in. It's not that yes. big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you're right. It, it's right now the way it's hung, it doesn't really work for the upstairs and it doesn't really work for the downstairs. No. Right. It needs to. And you can't see it. You can't see it when you're downstairs, but yeah, you not... also can't see through all the little um, pickets. Yeah. yeah, the pickets of the. It's yeah. Right. It's like it's it's like it's there, but it's not there. Right. <laughs> and you need to make sure that whatever you do buy, when you look down at it from the top, it's attractive. Yes. It needs to be designed. Plenty yes. of lights and are designed you, that the way. Light is not the bulbs aren't in your face as you walk up the stairs. Oh, That's yes. the one thing is you, and it's on a dimmer. Uh, yes, always everything dimmer. should be on a dimmer. Buy a thousand dimmers for your new house. And I would paint all this uh, chair rail, these picture molding. I would paint all that white so it looks like real wainscoting. So it matches your wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. They've like pulled out this one piece of it and made it white. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. No wait. See here no, on the. I think she's saying the reverse. Am I saying? I'm saying no. paint it all. Paint all that little. Yeah, she's trim saying make all of this. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Either paint it all, all one color or paint the whole bottom white. Yeah. yeah. Paint the whole bottom white and yeah. make it look like it's real right. wings cutting. Now it just looks like it's painted. It's just like a line in the middle yeah, of the yeah, yeah. wall. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It's a pretty house. It is. Yeah. It'll be fun. That'll be way fun. You've got a good project ahead of you. And I feel like outside of the light fixture, there's really like. It's pretty. That's kind of a pretty easy fix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Changing on a chandelier. Pretty wallpaper. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Why didn't you suggest that for the round foyer? Oh, well, I think it's more difficult. I Uh, mean, it's more difficult for a paper hanger. You'd have to have a really good paint to to paint. uh And I think it just needs paint. It doesn't Uh, really need the texture. And I'm worried that in a Mediterranean house, it probably has some sort of stuccoy texture, mm -hmm. you know? So that's not good for wallpaper either. Ah, got it. Good to know. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate you stopping so by. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Could you tell everyone where they can find you, see your work, follow you, all that good stuff? Okay, well, I didn't even tell you what Bridget and Barry are. Bridget and Barry oh, yeah. are my dogs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so there is no the Bridget. Name of your company. Yeah, people call me Bridget. Hey, Bridget. I'm like, no, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, BridgetBerry.com uh, is the website. But Barry is spelled B E A R I. Mm-hmm. Like a bear. Like a with bear. An eye. With an eye, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's BridgetBerryColors.com, and we are. You can find the home store there, BridgetBerryHomestore.com, and you can do the colors and the paints. And we're also at Bradley in Atlanta, and we are at Supply in Austin. So that's check that. it out. Yeah, go check her out. Buy lots of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We'd love to read it. Please leave us five stars. We would really appreciate it. <laughs> and check out the show notes for this episode. We'll add links to everything we've talked about. You can find those at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Um, send your questions, of course, to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. We'll answer them on a future episode. We'll fix all of your problems. All of them. <laughs> and uh, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.